What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, July 27th, and this is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zo, a.k.a. Nikki Delmonico Stinks. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. He does stink. Fire Rick Renteria. Cubs win two out of three. Baseball's back. Yes. Yeah. That's the most important. <laughs> Baseball's back. So in an effort to bring more content to you, the fans, this season, um, although myself and Kevin will be doing these little, we'll call them like 30-minute sprints, you know, our main show will still come out every Friday morning, but, you know, after a big series or a big weekend, uh, you'll either get two of us, one of us, or all three of us, but someone's going to just give reactions after each series and um, if something significant happens. Anytime uh, Rick Renteria bets, Nikki Delmonico second. So bad. Um, so, yeah, so all that being said, let's tap this cake. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, as always this is brought to you by sports mockery sportsmockery.com make sure you're downloading the app turning on the push notifications to make sure that you get all the latest and greatest white Sox and cubs news so uh white Sox lose two out of three to the twins um interesting weekend to say the least um I, mean, I was listen. gonna say uh, after Friday's game, uh, I listened to uh, the the one away guys, and Beef Loaf was spot on, and we already saw it through the first series. This is gonna be a fucking roller coaster for the Sox. Oh God! Just look at White Sox Twitter, dude. <laughs> look at my Twitter. I mean, Why just like for the first three games, like oh my God. Friday night, I was all pissed, and Saturday, I'm tweeting out like, ha ha ha! I fucking love this team. Like it's just. And then Sunday. And then today, I was just. Oh. Today was just Sunday. I mean, okay, all right, let's get to it because yeah, we already mentioned it twice. Nikki Delmonico starting He's... again, not only starts in right field for the second time, but he bats second. It's just he, he's he's not a major league baseball player, and like again, I've said this a million times. He seems like a really good dude. It seems like the nicest guy. Yeah, and it's really cool that. You know, he went through the rehab. He openly admitted he couldn't pull his hands on a fastball. He wasn't getting through the zone. So now, now he's coming back. He's feeling best he's ever felt in his life. He's he's ready to get out there. He went 0 for 9 on the weekend. And what was it on Friday? It was that stat. Like all the ball, all the balls that he had in play were like 50 miles per hour, 60 yeah. miles per hour. Just Weekly hit ball. Went 0 for 9 on the weekend with the strikeout and a walk had obnoxiously long at bats and don't get, I know, relax everyone. I know 
working the count is good. Getting up pitch counts is good. I know all that. But, like, he hit, like, a 1,000 foul balls this weekend. Just – and it was – you know, usually when some guys work in the count, you're like, oh, all right, great. He's getting the pitch count up. This is going to be awesome. Good job. You're just sitting there like, dude, just pop out already. Like, I know you're going to. Just, just do and, it. And the thing about him, uh, like, fouling pitches off is, like, you know – a good hitter takes those pitches and makes them into hits. <laughs> he was following like, off pitches was, right down was, the middle. He was missing balls right there. Right down the middle. He's missing baseball. So this just adds to my frustration that this was really a stupid time in a 60-game sprint to be playing service time games because you could have easily easily had Nick Madrigal starting at second and Larry Garcia playing right field, which – for some reason, somebody on Twitter was like, well, Lurie's not an outfielder. Bro, he's played 330 games in the outfield. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. So, and put Lurie, and so Lurie, Friday night, and we said it on the show. Oh. I said, if someone makes an error at second base, I'm going to be heated. Like, in the first inning, Lurie makes an error. And the whole thing. Yes, and yes, we know it wasn't credited as an error, but right. it was – it was basically it was on him. He didn't turn a double play, and then that opened the floodgates to because you can't give a team like the Twins extra outs. You just can't. And, and he was, did it again later in that game too. Yes, he did. Um, so Larry suspected seven second base defensively to say to put it nicely. Like he even looked shaky Saturday. He had a hell of a ball game. Hit two home runs, one from each side of the plate. Yes. So I don't know how easy I can make this for people. Larry Garcia, I want him on this roster, can play all these positions in a great pinch. Not a starting second baseman, better than Delmonico, put him in right, or shit, Adam Engel looks pretty damn good too. Yeah, put him in right. When you're you're chewing on cardboard, any piece of meat looks delicious. (laughs) So put Adam Engel in right, put Larry Garcia in right, and then have your gold glove caliber second baseman that you're playing stupid service time games with play second base. Did that make you miss uh, Yolmer seeing those two botch plays? No, Yolmer can't. <laughs> Yolmer playing. I think is he in Japan yet? Uh, I I remember he was like with the Giants. I don't know if he. Right, but they told him he was going to start in Double or Triple A, and I think he might. Oh, Daniel Polka signing in Japan too. Lions, okay. right? Yeah, go Lions. Four. He's replacing another former White Sox, Tyler Saladino. Yep. Just <laughs> as the world turns, baby. Um, the other big thing. Okay. So I heard the explanation afterwards, right. and it kind of made sense. But at the same time, Yoan Mankata, third game of the season. Yes, he basically only had one week to get ready. But, I mean, the dude looked like he was fucking ready to win an MVP after the first yeah. two games. Gets the day off Sunday. Again, so- every game fucking counts. As, it's only 60 games. You're facing the, like, the favorite of the division. He gets the day off. Renteria says, uh, you know, I'm trying to just get him as fresh as possible for for the Cleveland. Um, I just wanted to give him a day off, rest his arm. Cool. There is something in the American League that is also now in the National League called the the DH position mm-hmm. where, you know, you don't have to worry about Moncada throwing, like running around on the field. He can just go up there and smash how he has been. But nope. You have to get Edwin Encarnacion. And I know Jason Benetti works for uh, NBC Sports. I know the Sox own that station. Mm-hmm. But like he was saying, like, you know, Ricky Ricky just wanted to get uh, Encarnacion in the DH spot. 
Yuan Mankata, Edwin Encarnacion. Like, so ah. here, let's let's put Encarnacion has gone one for twelve this weekend, and his <laughs> one was a just a bomb. absolute bomb, and that's what he does. That's he hits bombs or he pops out. That's what he does. Yuan Mankata was just hitting lasers. Yeah, he was lasers. doing thing and more all over the ballpark. Lasers. So I try to give Ricky, you know, a little bit. I was like, all right, dude, just got back from COVID. Maybe his body's not adjusting, you know, like healing up like it normally would. Maybe, you know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, I'll give him a little. And then he bats Nicky Delmonico second. <laughs> so like you said, every game counts. They got a whole media campaign about it. I don't. Did someone not tell Ricky you can't put out a Sunday lineup? Like Sunday lineups don't exist this season. They don't exist. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, during the course of a, a regular 162-game season, usually on Sundays the coach will give – you know, guys like Delmonico or Chess Lord Cuthbert or – Hey, he got in. He, I think he yeah, I know. In. He got it. Sunday lineup or a Danny Mendick. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. get to play on Sunday. It's usually like a transition day. You give your guys a day off before the week coming up, whatever. Maybe you already won the series. You win the first two games, you know, just Ricky, get some rest. <laughs> if you hear that pounding noise, that's me punching myself in the head because I don't understand. There is no Sunday lineups in a 60-game sprint. And he literally put out a Sunday lineup. And so that's lineup-wise. I mean, everybody else, Aloy was hitting good until he just went full send into a wall. You got to get that. 100% as a concussion. Uh, McCann looked good. Mankata hit. Luis Roberts looking like what we all expected him to look. He's hitting balls, just missiles. Uh, Tim Anderson's doing all right. You know, he went two for 13 this weekend. A lot of good contact. Three strikeouts, though. Um I mean, the offense is there. We're going to see this team. Offense yeah. is great. The offense, the offense is, great. is great. The offense is there. Um, it's definitely one of the teams where even when they throw up a 10 spot in the first two innings, you're like, I'm still going to watch this because they can come back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that's where they are, and it's very exciting. Now, the pitching this weekend, woof. Well, woof with an asterisk, and I'll tell you who the asterisk The asterisk is Dallas Keuchel. Because Dallas Dallas Keiko looked phenomenal. Dallas Keiko looked like, but I will give Ricky credit for this. A lot of people wanted Keiko to stay in the game, but you could tell he gave up two hits and they were on balls that he left up. Now Keiko isn't getting any younger. And when older guys start leaving things up in the zone, they're usually not coming back down. So I'll give Ricky credit for pulling him. She said, came in, he gave up a bomb. Nelson Cruz hits homers off everyone fucking deal with it. Um, Lucas Giolito. Oh. Wolf. Nah, so, I, we saw it with the Cubs, but like, like Giolito looked rattled. Like first pitch home run, mm-hmm. lost all of his command, threw like 30, 31 pitches in the first, and he was out of there after he th- threw like what, 80 through four? Yep. So a couple of things with Giolito's start that I noticed. Obviously first pitch going yard, that's going to hurt anyone. You know what I mean? So he started out real shaky. But then you could see him on the mound. He started, like, doing, like, this rocking thing, like, in between pitches. Like, he finally found his rhythm, and he was cruising. And then who is the Twins' third baseman, the big boy, or the first baseman, the big boy? No. Yeah. So he comes up, and he sees Lucas Giolito's in in this rhythm. He's working faster. He's in this rhythm, swaying back and forth. He takes his sweet-ass time in the plate. He calls for time twice in the box threw Giolito off like that. 
And I mean, bro, you're a major league pitcher. You can't, it can't be that simple. Like I'm on my couch, six bush lights deep and I'm noticing this. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. So took him out of his game. And one other thing we saw this weekend was the entire bullpen because they needed him. Um, how, how many innings did Keiko go? Keiko went five and a third. Okay. Well, at least they got into the sixth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then we have to get to the injuries on Sunday. Reynaldo right. Lopez. So, yeah. So, Ray Lopez comes out on Sunday. And if you're hurt before you start a game, you might want to just, hey, guys. This needs to stop happening for the Sox. Yeah. Hey, guys, don't got it today. I'm out. I, I can't go. My shoulder. It, he The injury was later revealed as shoulder tightness. Okay. Hey, guys, my shoulder doesn't feel good. I shouldn't pitch. Instead of giving up a grand slam in the first inning. You, I mean, and, and it was noticeable. Steve Stone said it. It was, uh, he said it right away. He's like, you know, his fastball's down. You know, the last year he was throwing 97, 98 consistently. Yeah, 92, 93. Yeah, he was throwing, and he said it right before he gave the grand slam. And it's like, hey, like, is there not a radar gun in the bullpen? Like, right. if you see that this guy's throwing like five, six, seven miles per hour slower, yep. maybe pull him off to the side, you know, sit him down. Be like, hey, if you're not feeling it, you know, we have other guys here. Don't fucking push it. But, yep. I mean, so he goes out, shoulder tightness, but the grand slam he gave up, uh, Eloy still doesn't know how to feel for a wall. I have to ask you. I have to ask you. Like you said, so he, he smashes into the wall, no reason to go. He just – somebody said, hey, Eloy, the warning track is there for a reason. Yes. Apparently, Eloy didn't Here feel it. The warning track. It just smashes into the, into the wall, stays in, comes out in the second inning. He, like, was looking woozy. Right. Uh, so, and that, like, I have to ask you, obviously, yeah. it's not going to happen this year because you have like five other guys who can DH. Right. Do you have to seriously consider just, you know what, Eloy? We know yeah. you've worked hard, bud, but you keep just smashing into walks. So, yeah, I mean, someone needs, like, White Sox, Dave pointed, this is the second time he's done it. Someone needs to, like, that needs to be a point of emphasis. Like, uh, so he stayed in after the initial concussion test, but I know a lot of people listening to this are in Chicago or watching this are in Chicago. It's hot as balls today in Chicago. It's like 99 degrees in Chicago mm-hmm. today. And although I don't want to tell you, 99 degrees in Chicago is way different than anywhere else in the you world. You got that it's, fucking humidity yeah. and just sweat yeah. and balls. We're supposed to get like a huge storm in a couple hours here anyways. But uh, so if you take a whack on the head and you go back out there and you're still running – I get why he's feeling woozy. You get lightheaded in this weather. So I'm hoping for nothing but the best. I would not be surprised if we don't see him tonight, Monday night. I'm, I would not be surprised. Seriously, put Nicky Delmonico on a rocket ship anywhere but Chicago. Like, just get him off this team, please. Adam Engel looked good. Adam Engel had five at-bats. He had two hits or three hits. He went three for five this weekend. And he made two great plays in the outfield. Because he's fast. Delmonico's missing the cutoff, man. I'm not trying to go back, but it's just really pissing me off. No, no, that's the other thing. Nicky Delmonico, he's played left. I'm missing the cutoff, like, man. Right. He, he's not a good outfielder either. He's not. He's just not. He's not no. no, he's not. So Adam Engel, and then Adam Engel should, even if everybody's healthy, Nicky Delmonico should be on the bench. Adam Engel should be in right field. So your hashtag done with Nicky D. It's over. Done. I mean, yeah, I mean, never again. You can't go zero for ten on the weekend, and he's just I. 
the reason I get so upset about this too is like a lot of people were coming at me like, oh, you got to give him time. He, he's got, he's healed. He's going to be good. And, I'm, and I've been sitting here going, no, he stinks. I've been saying he stinks for months now. And he's just, he can't be waiting. Can't be waiting this year. I guess he's a good, he's a good dude. Just not a good baseball player, not a major leaguer. Go play for the Pirates. Um, Gio Gonzalez came in after Raylo got the hook early and my guy Gio, 14 years in the league. Third time or third different time, I think, with the Sox. First finally gets to time. finally gets to pitch for the Sox and bet. Yeah, I mean, he was missing spots. His breaking ball wasn't breaking. Nelson Cruz put it in a different zip code. It was just woof. I mean, he left today's game with a 14.73 ERA. Not the greatest. It, he only went three and 3.2 innings. He did have three strikeouts. I mean, and at that point, I mean, when your starter leaves after only giving up two outs, even if even if when Gio gets hit, like you're just you just have to leave him in there to eat up those innings. Right. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is we're going to see guys like Dane Dunning. We're going to see uh, Lambert, who's currently in the pen, but he's a starter. We're going to see those guys. So one thing that I do have. Uh, you know, it, it was a weird weekend. It was opening weekend. It's against the our, the best team in the division. It was a great benchmark for mm-hmm. where the team is. I really think they're going to turn around in Cleveland. I think Dylan Cease is going to come out and throw a fucking gem, which is going to make everyone just collectively sigh because we need pitching right now. By the way, speaking of Dylan Cease, that was like another move that, you know, yeah, Renteria, Renteria went with Dylan Cease, who has looked fucking great in summer camp. Reynaldo Lopez hadn't at all. He was getting like torched in uh, in the interest in, in the uh, interest squad games too. Why was he your number three starter? Well, and let's talk about this for a second because we're going to use our heads and we're going to think like baseball watching adults. All right, so you want to go off a of gut, or some people like to say, you know, oh, we'll look at the splits, look at this, look at that. Raylo gets crushed by the Twins and absolutely owns the Indians. So why not throw Dylan Cease on Sunday against the Twins and have Raylo go game one against the Indians? Again, I'm an overweight, not middle-aged yet, bush-drinking, White Sox-loving son of a bitch, and I know this. How does the guy that gets paid to manage this team not realize this? I mean, I'm... We've been pretty pro-Ricky on this podcast. I've been pretty pro-Ricky. I don't like to jump on the manager's throat, but... There's always the balance, because, like, I mean, yeah. weren't Sox jumping on him on Saturday for that for his lineup, and then they scored, like, what, 10 runs? Yeah, that was bad. Some people look like assholes, but <laughs> that's some pretty suspect shit, though, man. I mean... So, I think so far, the gut, you one for two. You know, lineup works Saturday. Reynaldo Lopez as your third starter, not great, and then he gets hurt even worse. Yeah. It's just I don't know. So now we got a big series coming up. We got three in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I don't. The way that this weekend looks, it doesn't look like we're going to beat the Twins for the AL Central. But the top two teams in each division, you know what I mean. And, and this is great. This like just with the Twins, how it was a great like barometer, great, great first test mm-hmm. to see where the Sox stack up. Cleveland is that team where, you know, you said it all after the offseason, you know, other Sox fans too. All the projections still have, like, Cleveland's, like, 
hey, they're going to be – they're like the clear second-best team in the Central. You All can, right, so here we go, Sox. You can Show clip this audio. You can clip this audio and throw it in my face later. <laughs> I don't sweat the Cleveland Indians. Bang. Frankie Lindor, all-world player. All-world player. Tell me the number four and five starters in Cleveland right now. I, I think I only know one. It's, I think it's Plesak's nephew. Clevenger is a good pitcher. Craft is a good pitcher. Bieber. Bieber. Bieber's a stud. Bieber's an ace. The top so three's one solid. three's good. Four or five? No. And one thing I did get off of this Sox lineup, if you throw out Plastic's nephew against the Whites at <laughs> this lineup, they are going to destroy you. So that's where I find solace, some some positivity about this White Sox lineup. If you throw Sapar pitching at this White Sox lineup, they are going to jump all over it. Probably helps, too, if they're not down 10 nothing, like getting punched in the nose in the first round of a fight. But they are going to jump all over it. So big big series, three in Cleveland. Then we go to KC. You got to win the Royals games. Got to win the Royals yes. games. Got Royals, it. and even though the I know the Tigers beat the Reds two or three, but still, you have I to also beat the, the Reds suck. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The Red Sox suck. I'm mixing up my red colors. The Cincinnati Reds are going to be good. I think they just had a shitty series. You see Trevor Bauer throwing 99 and grunting at people. It's the loss. Yeah, bums. Bums. <laughs> he, he bums. bums. You can hear all the grunting <laughs> and all this stuff going on, and Bauer throws a 99-mile-an-hour dart in the up and you just hear him go, oh, and just like, okay, Trevor. I uh, still lost. So that's the White Sox. Uh, let's pause right here for a quick note from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, so Aldo, let's flip it over to the north side of town where the Cubs had their division rival, biggest division rival, I would say, in the building as the White Sox did, but they had the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I did see Christian Yelich break the scoreboard in batting practice. Um, he did, but at the end of the day, Cubs, uh-huh, go ahead. Cubs took two out of three. So I, I mean, hands up. I only, I watched the Cubs game through you and Ke- you and Kevin. Uh, I didn't really watch any of it, but, uh, what are your takeaways from the weekend? So I guess we can go chronological here. Um, I think the, the two most impressive things from uh, Friday opening day, Kyle Hendricks on, on the mound. Uh, the, the number one most impressive thing was me predicting him to win Cy Young. And then he goes out there, throws the first, he throws the first complete game shutout with at least nine strikeouts, no walks, uh, and three hits or less since 1888, which again, I typed that out and it doesn't seem like a real year, but it was. Uh, so he was great. The offense, the first two games just looked like it was the same old wait for a home run and nothing else for the Cubs. But hey, as long as you have that great pitching and you can just you can shut out the other team, you don't need to score like five, six, seven runs. Kyle Hendricks is going to be great this year. He looks the best he's ever looked ever. This is like everyone talking. Like his his curveball now looks like you know. I don't know. Like, think yeah. of like the best curveball like, you've seen, and we and we saw it in the interest squad game against uh, the White Sox. Yep, that thing's lethal now. That changeup, he's throwing eighty-eight by Yelich. Mm-hmm. He has everything working right now. He's going to be great. He's going to carry the staff. As and, a Sox fan, I have to tip my hat to Kyle Hendricks because that was 
that's what an ace does right there. That that was an a insane outing, nine innings pitch, three hits, just <laughs> all around. And he, I just I love guys like that that don't that can do that minus the ninety eight mile an hour fastball. And it's such you said it's just like that that quiet conference. He doesn't, you know, he's out there. He's throwing like fucking like best game of this, of like anyone on opening day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at him and he's like, like, is this guy breathing? Like, what, <laughs> is he all right? Is he it's alive? Just in right? front of his face. Let me know. Right. Like and everyone always makes that meme. It's like, you know, like, you know, you deserve me at my uh, worst. Uh, <laughs> or if you, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. It's just the same expression for Kyle Hendricks. But, you know, he's great. Uh, and I told Kevin this. I put it in the group chat. After the Saturday's uh, game two, Hugh Darvish goes out there. And it was first half 2019, Hugh Darvish. Didn't have his command. And you know, and Cubs pulled him after 73 pitches. <laughs> the Cubs starting rotation is suspect after that. Right. We'll get to Chatwood, but... Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish have to go out there every single time. And every single time they have to be great. Those like have to be guaranteed wins for the Cubs this year, because you don't know what you're getting from Chatwood Mills and Lester. You just don't this year. Um, and again, the offense, you know, Schwarber, Schwarber had that long home run uh, to cut it four to three on Saturday. And then the bullpen comes in Brad Wick. Uh, apparently he was hurt too because he was put on the injured list on Sunday. He has he has like a, a hamstring strain, and uh, you know he's another guy who lost like three to four miles per hour on his fastball. Got lit up by Yelich. Uh, you know Underwood gave up a home run. The bullpen was just what everyone feared. Yeah, here we go again with the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen. The, well, we all that's been a, a big topic on this show a lot of times. Like, and it kind of showed they they didn't really, but. I also want to ask you, getting off pitching, are you concerned about Baez, Hayward, and Chris Bryant going to combine two for 36? I think, yeah. Uh, I don't think – and Chris had – let's see, Chris had one hit, bloop single Sunday. Hayward had a hit. Chris Bryant uh, struck six times. Six times. He looked just – he was blown away with fastballs. Yeah, that – I'm not going to say concerning. It's too early for that. But not great. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely not uh, – because Chris Bryant didn't look good. He didn't. I know he on on opening day he saw like twenty two pitches through his first three at bats. So you love that. Right. Uh, he had he had a couple hard hit balls. You know he had one ball he flew out to the warning track. So it's not like he's completely. You know he's not pulling a Nicky Delmonico hitting like fifty mile per hour ground balls to second base. Delmonico. <laughs> uh, but you know I, I'm Chris Bryant is one of those guys where I'm not going to get worried about like right. Do you think um, it was bad in leadoff? Do you think he just doesn't like that spot? Uh, see, I don't think so because it whatever he was doing, it wasn't out of character. You know, yes, the strikeouts were high, but like mm-hmm. you know, Chris Bryant is he's had like high strikeout numbers in the past. Right. He was still working deep counts. You know, he was going 0-2 to 3-2. Uh, you know, he probably could have had a couple walks, got screwed on Sunday with a terrible uh, strike three call. Umpiring, oh, sorry, real quick, umpiring across the board has been god awful. <laughs> God, awesome. it started opening day when Angel Hernandez was trained. Yeah. It was trending. But just watching all the White Sox games, I caught the the Padres, uh, D-backs game on Saturday night. I've been watching. Just, I mean, it's baseball. It's back. I've been dying for that. I've been nonstop watching. But the umpiring has been terrible. Like I'm talking, like a good six inches to a foot 
out of the zone, getting called strikes. But sorry, I didn't mean to. Inter- it's just been bothering me. Go ahead. We'll no, talk no, more I mean, about that on Friday morning. <laughs> you know, it's been that's been very noticeable. Uh, so you know, Cubs lose. The bullpen doesn't look uh, good. You Darvis not good. The Cubs another can't. Apparently, they don't know how to do a rundown because the exact same thing that happened to him last year happened on Saturday. So that was embarrassing. For my our our third member of our crew that's not here today. Uh, I know he was very upset about that. Very, because I mean, he's coming from a from a coaching standpoint, right. and these are the these are the basics. These are the fundamentals. These are the things that you're working on. You know, those early camp drills, those early mornings. That's what you're doing out there. All right, guys. You know, we're gonna do the the, the rundown drills, and right. the Cubs look like. I mean, Anthony Rizzo like just out of position, as Kevin pointed out, both times just not good. And then the Cubs get uh, an out on a rundown like the very next inning, so that yep. was fucking rough so let's switch uh, to the positive the positives though nico so, nico horner nico nico look oh it's weird giving your second baseman prospect start one what does he do he goes three for seven hits timely hitting and looks good in the field oh look oh, he, all that could have happened on this outside <laughs> i'm sorry so you like right friday right right uh so yeah no nico horner looking great at second base he's got the high socks going Oh, just, I know. I appreciate that. I, like high I was always a high sock guy. Uh, high sock guy. Uh, making contact, getting hits. Uh, love it. Love, it's a great start for him. I love that the Kevin was spot on. You know, maybe the Cubs, you know, they're just going to go with Nico. I know Kipnis got to start on Saturday, but every, everyone, like mostly everyone thought, all right, Kipnis is probably going to, he's like penciled in opening day, second baseman. But no, mm-hmm. the Cubs are with Horner. And, you know, I think he had a hit uh, that game. Couple more hits Sunday. Great start for him. Kyle Schwarber killing the ball. Hit a two-run homer on uh, Saturday. Wow. Drilled another ba- uh, a double. He had like 112 miles per hour double on Sunday. Had a walk, so he's he's looking good. Ian Happ two home runs. Uh, I think both opposite field home runs for him. Uh, yep. And then uh, let's see Contreras, 450 foot bomb looked off off Justin Grimm, who is terrible now and has been for three years. Shit. Uh, Rizzo two home runs. I mean, so as frustrating as like the offense looked, there was that inning on Sunday where they scored four runs in the fourth inning, and it was like walk single or like walk single double walk single. And it was beautiful. You just keep that line moving, put the pressure on the pitchers. And you know what? Again, another shout out to Kevin. Spot on with uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of his uh, quick hitter from Saturday night. When he's like, you know, the Cubs have done a great job of uh, getting to the bullpen the first couple of days, you know, working the starters. And if they can do that again early on Sunday, you know, they're going to get to that bullpen. And they did exactly that. They went from 1-0 to 5-0, and then they just added on uh, in the later innings uh, with the the home run ball. So that Mm -hmm. was great to see. Tyler Chatwood, uh, six innings, only gave up one run, had everything go – this was basically the dream that Theo Epstein had when he signed him. It was like, yes, this guy has control issues, but when he is on, he's filthy. He was making everyone look foolish. The breaking stuff, the fastballs, were, when he could just locate that fastball, just throw it for strikes sometimes. He is so nasty. So that was great. I, again, I'm not going to expect that every time out. Um I, I basically thought these starts were going to be switched between him and you, Darvish. But, you know, right. if you can get two out of three starts where you go s- at least six-plus innings for the first series of the season, 
I'm not going to, I, you take that every time you take that every series. Um, and then, you know, the bullpen Casey said, as you said earlier, as, uh, as you said earlier with the Sox and how it's hot and Eloy, uh, Casey Sadler made his debut for the Cubs, and that guy was like pouring sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that gif of the guy is just <laughs> has sweat dripping off his face, and he he walked the guy, but I mean, and he had to get a towel, and it was funny. Like I, with the whole procedures, that, like pitchers have to bring their own towels, so like mm-hmm. somebody had to somebody had to go to the bullpen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bias had it, and then Bias had to run the towel to Sadler. <laughs> it was oh, baseball in twenty twenty. Uh, but you know, Kyle Ryan came in, got a big double play. Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm I, I'm not bothered at all by Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant had a terrible like week at the plate, like one hit, went went, went one for thirteen, as six strikeouts. Made some great plays on the field, it turned a great double play uh, to get out of the seventh. Made another nice play uh, later on, so he's he's fine. Um, what else? What else? Chatwood, the bullpen. I want to go back to to Friday's game, the opener. We almost got our first fire David Ross tweets going. Oh, so the Cubs uh, Cubs were up three nothing. Uh, we go to the top of the ninth. Uh, you know everything seems it's under control. There's no way the Cubs are going to lose this. The Brewers get their leadoff man on, uh, and then there's like one out, uh, and then like another another out, and I think Yelich is up or Yelich got out, and it's against Kirsten Hira. Right-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. Well, he looked <laughs> and, really good, by the oh, way. Oh no, that guy's a stud too. Yeah. And yeah, um, second baseman who makes contact and good <laughs> in the field. Hate to see it. Hate to see those guys on the roster. Oh. Um, David Ross comes out because you know Kyle Hendricks is like like at one hundred and one pitch or something, and you're thinking, is he really going to take out uh, Hendricks right now and bring in Krimbrel? <laughs> Uh, but no, he just like I, I think he just like told them, hey, you know, this is this is probably gonna be your last guy, and you know, thank God that Hendricks did get that out because there could have been a situation where Craig Kimbrough came in with the tying run at the plate. Uh, but again, two out of three, sixty game season. It's like you're winning each game is right. like basically three games. Yep. <laughs> so let me ask you because I know how it was for me watching. Did you? I was in this like it was like a playoff game. Every pitch I was hanging on, I'm fighting like crazy. Twitter's blowing up on every little thing, and it's just like, whoa. Like, how did we go from zero to 100 so yes. fast? I don't know if it was – there was there may or may not have been a wager on Friday night's game on my part, so I don't know if that played into it. But And and for the Cubs, at least, I know for the Sox uh, on Friday – I mean, those guys were bloods. Even when they went on Saturday, it was, you know, you guys like just destroyed the pound White Sox over. Yes. Everyone should. Every game. Doesn't matter. Just start making it 50. (laughs) So I don't know if it was just like the combination, you know, putting down some money. You want to obviously win that. Right. First game of the season. It was a tight score, at least for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like 2 0 from like the fourth until the eighth when Rizzo hit a home run. So like, after that, you know, you kind of breathe a little better. <laughs> you know, it's a three-run lead now. Even if they get a runner on, if a guy hits a home run, it's not a tie game. But, yeah, no, I definitely felt that. It, it was like that. It was, like you said, like watching playoff baseball. That, that like, sinking feeling in your stomach was bad. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? It's game one of the year. Dude, same. And, like, people on Twitter are going nuts. Like, beef love and everyone's like, it's good to see that Sox players already in midseason. <laughs> I was going – I mean, I was – 
I'll put it out there. I was pretty drunk. And <laughs> I just started, I was losing it a little bit too. And like, I was all over the place. Oh, and just because we're recording this on Sunday night, Ray Lopez has talked to the media. Uh, he said he felt good going into the game, but then the pain was increasing with every pitch. It was becoming more difficult with every pitch. It was very difficult to pitch when you're feeling something like that. I tried to battle through it, and I just wanted to get through that inning. I will remain positive, and with God's blessing, everything is going to be okay. Uh, so don't, don't dangerous like, list? Don't like any of that. And yeah. then here's the ultimate. I feel like this is so backhanded. First of all, I didn't know who the hell Jake Cave was until this weekend. But now I'm, <laughs> I'm very well aware of him, especially as he hit a grand slam on Sunday. Um, but Dan Hayes, former White Sox reporter, now Twins reporter, still don't know how that works. Um, <laughs> Jake Cave said to him after the game, I actually think they're ex- they're going to be a very good team. I just think we're a better team. Oh, yeah. That, there you go, Sox fans. You got your bulletin board material. Yeah, that was – you know that gif of Bart Simpson that says, like, at least you tried, and then he throws it away? That was Jay Cave doing that to the White Sox. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, I, I always like to bring up when someone makes a really good point on Twitter that I agree with. I like to shout them out on this show. Obviously, we're a very Twitter-centric podcast. Uh, friend of the show, James Fox. Follow him at JamesFox917. Um, really good point. He said – the White Sox should – they saw what they saw with Luis Robert this weekend in the seven hole. It's time to start grooming him as your leadoff guy. It's time. Just – he looked he looked like a 10-year vet. He didn't look shaky. He didn't chase bad shit. He was taking good pitches. He's a very aggressive hitter by nature. You know what I mean? He was going at the first pitch. If he's going to be your leadoff guy for the next decade, which everybody thinks he's going to be, now's the time. Him and Johan one and two. And you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm going to say this. And I know this was a conversation. I think we did talk about it uh, before everything was shut down. So, like, this was like back in March or maybe February. Mm -hmm. You can make an argument that Jose Abreu should not be batting third. No. He is not your team's third best hitter. He, I mean, the third spot is your third, is your best hitter. So the 108 made a great comparison. I love those guys. The 108 made a – by the way, although I don't know if you watched the White Sox broadcast for any of the games. A lot of shout-outs, right? That's like their a second lot, program. A lot of shout-outs. <laughs> a lot of shout-outs to the 108. And I love it. I mean, dude, those guys have been nothing but cool to us. They're very good dudes on and off the content field or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm just very, very happy to see them doing well. But they made a very, very good comparison about Jose Abreu, who went three for 13 on the weekend. Jose Abreu has now, like, and Chicagoland people, you'll really, I guess you have to be a Chicago person to relate to this, but Jose Abreu is that 48-year-old dude on your 16-inch softball team that goes up and he just hits, like, he hits it where they're not. And he bats 750. And he gets his base hit, and he's not fast, and he just kind of trucks down to first base. And But that's what Jose Abreu is, and I'm sure he's going to hit some bombs. I don't doubt it. He swung very hard at some pitches he missed, but he was swinging out of his shoes. I think he really wanted to get on the home run jamboree on Saturday especially. But I don't see him in five. And the other person that was underwhelming was Yasmani Grandal. 
I was about to ask you something about him. Little underwhelming. He went one for five. He didn't play on Saturday. They put McCann in. So I wanted to ask you about that. Weird to me, but second, second game of the season. And I mean, it worked out. Keiko looked great, right? And you know, mm-hmm. catching is the part of that too. Well, maybe Giolito needs McCann. If you're going to do that, you got to do it at the right time. Uh huh. Like second game of the year, what are you doing sitting down your your big free agent acquisition? Yep. Like that kind of was weird too. But Yasmani Grandel goes one for five, but in those five at bats, he walked three times. That's what Yasmani Grandel does. He struck out twice, bad strikeouts too. But he got one hit. I will say, and I, I said this in the chat, although his pitch framing is it's art. It is so cool to watch. And he's gonna make a lot of these. Watch him with Dylan Cease on Monday night. Watch what he does for that kid. And I said it too. You could tell James McCann got better at pitch framing. And that didn't just happen per chance. Yasmani Grandel taught James McCann how to be a better pitch framer. And he looked damn good on Saturday. McCann hit a home run. He went, uh, what did he go, three for four on the weekend? Like, he had a good weekend. He needs to be catching Giolito. That's, yeah, uh, that was the, that was the yeah. tandem last year, right? Yeah. Yes. He needs to be catching Giolito and then Yasmani Grandel. And then this whole Edwin and Carson has to be the DH every game. No, that, doesn't. that doesn't have to be the thing, man. He could be a great – what a pitch hitter. Seventh inning, you're down by one. Throw him in as a pitch hitter, let him crank a nuke. But you have these young guys now, and you have – I mean, if you're going to carry Zach Collins, you know, oh, you got to get – you got to get McCann. Collins, I think he got one at bat, and he walked. Cool. Um, but you got to get Grandel and McCann in. That's when you need to start working the DH – I'm sorry, and I love Edward and Carson. I think he's great. He hit an absolute nuke. Everybody loved it. But at the end of the day, he went one for 12. One for 12 with no walks. And I want to say, going back to uh, the point about Luis Robert and moving him up in the lineup, that is another thing that worries, worries me about Renteria. And I know last year was different. You know, the Sox weren't competing for like a postseason spot. But I said it from the beginning of the year, there was no reason that Eloy should have been batting like sixth and seventh all like the majority of last year. And that's another thing this year. There's no reason Luis that Luis Robert, one of your like top three, four best hitters, should be batting seventh. Move him up. And don't you there it yes, okay, development. Yes, they're gonna struggle. You don't want to force them in into like more pressure spots. Buddy, what you do not slow down stars. Luis Robert is a star. <laughs> do not hold him back. Attached to it, you put Luis Robert one, Yoan Moncada is your two, and then what you throw Aloy is your three. Yeah, that, that's great. It's stuck one, two, three, and it goes righty, switch, righty. That's a that is a phenomenal one, two, three. Okay, I don't know. I'm I'm for it. I think it needs to happen. But we already went way over our half hour mark. We're at forty five minute mark here. Uh, do you got anything else you want to add? Although I'm, I'm trying to find a balance here of just talking about what happened here, but leaving some stuff for us to talk about on our yeah, main uh, show. Um, I mean, the, so the next series, the two big series, another. I mean, every series is big. So the Cubs go on the road to Cincinnati. Oh my God! I please just give me this series win, Cubs. I yep. need this one because all. You really of hate- 
all off season. Reds, Reds, Reds. The Reds are coming. Reds division. Reds are going to fucking NL. Reds World Series dark horse. Reds, 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 Reds. Fuck the Reds. That's totally me. Fuck Tom Brenneman. You know, for the White Sox, fuck Cleveland. Get them too. Like, let's dominate Ohio. So, as we finish up here on Sunday night, here are your division leaders. Baltimore, Cleveland, Houston, Miami, the Cubs, and San Diego. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. We'll talk to you guys later. This is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. So real quick, though, before we wrap, this is new territory for us. We want to do more shows, but just quick hitting shows like this, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you have suggestions, if you have things you want us to do more, some things you want us to do less of, let us know. We're very, very open to suggestions. So let us know. We really appreciate all the support we've been getting, especially lately. Uh, Retweets, likes, they all help. Make sure you download it. Give us a rating, review. We really appreciate it. For all the Soto, I'm Matt Swazki, a.k.a. Zoe. Never forget, Nikki Delmonico stinks. We'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game.